Welcome to Stuff We Love Podcast. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to episode 35 of the Stuff We Love Podcast. We're extremely pleased to be joined by Andy, also known as at days underscore gone underscore Disney on Instagram. On that Instagram account, Andy posts amazing images from all over the parks, including a wide variety of behind-the-scenes looks at Walt Disney World productions. One extra special aspect of Andy's account is the nostalgia that his account has. Andy posts an immense amount of throwback videos of the park and of Walt Disney himself. His Instagram has a tremendous amount of content that we have never seen before. His account is a perfect mix between Disney past and present, making it a must-do follow on Instagram. Going to the park since he was three, Andy has witnessed the opening of Epcot and much more. We're excited to host Andy on the show and cannot wait for all of you to hear what he has to say. So Andy, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, guys. Appreciate it. So Andy, we're super excited to have you on. Why don't you start by telling us a little bit about yourself? I guess you could say my wife, Amy, and myself are, could be considered certified Disney freaks. Uh, probably more so my wife than me. I just kind of go along for the ride, but, but you know, I'm not complaining at all. <laughs> um, you know, that's just kind of a hobby thing that we do. Um, you know, the Instagram account, um, we do, do love posting uh, classic pictures and videos of Disney, but I also, you know, current things that are going on at the park. I have two boys. My my oldest boy just graduated on Friday, actually, from high school. So, nice. so they're also uh, part of the, you know, enjoyment of, of all things Disney. Very good. That's great. I'm really excited to have you on. And before we go in talking about what Andy's done and his experience with the parks, we want to start by telling you a little bit about Autoslash. The Stuff You Love podcast is sponsored by Autoslash. Autoslash is a website that if you visit, if you're either interested in renting a car or already have rented a car but would like to save money on that car rental. When I rented cars in the past, I always had the bad feeling that I was overpaying for that car rental. Ask anyone that has rented a car on recent vacations, and they'll always say that the car rental cost was one of the most surprisingly high costs of their trip. When I first heard about Autoslash and how they can save you a ton of money on your next car rental, I must admit I was pretty skeptical. After all, there are so many rental car companies out there with so much competition, so how can the average person know that they're getting a good deal? We are here to tell you that it does indeed work. Scott is going to be saving $200 on his next rental. Here's how it works. When you're interested in renting a car, you go online to www.autoslash.com. You enter your email address, your dates of travel, your pickup location, and you enter what rewards programs you're a part of and what credit cards you have. They then apply every coupon code that you are eligible for, and they apply to your rental. They search a wide variety of codes, such as publicly available ones and special membership-only codes, such as Costco, AAA, and more. Autoslash will also keep you posted on any better deals they find in advance of your trip. So, for example, if you book a rental car and then the rate goes down as your trip approaches, Autoslash will let you know, which is very important because rates often drop as the pickup date approaches. We do not want to overpay for car rentals, and therefore we feel very strongly that Autoslash is a wonderful way to save you money on your car rental. Here's a great review from Facebook about Autoslash. This person used their services and said, quote, This is a fantastic service. I ended up saving hundreds of dollars, and that's the experience that I've had and others have had as well. You literally can save hundreds of dollars on your rental car which if you're going to Disney means more money for boathouse dinners, homecoming dinners, and souvenirs. Visit them at autoslash.com and save money on your next car rental. So, Andy, why don't we start off by just telling us a little bit about your first experiences in Disney. As far as I can remember back, uh, I, I don't recall any time I didn't remember uh, having Disney experiences. Um, so with that being said, I was at the age of three the very first time my family and I went to Disney World. It was all the way back 
in January of 1972. At the time, Disney World was only three months old. So it was a, a brand new park. Of course, I was just a little toddler. But I still remember quite a bit about that day. You know, we went with my, my great aunt, my mom and dad, my two brothers, and my great great uncle. So there was some, there's many different little you know, aspects of that day that, you know, kind of ingrained in my brain. And I guess that's probably where the whole Disney obsession, if that's what you want to call it, started. And then from that point on, since my, my grandparents and my aunt and uncle lived in Florida, Every other year throughout the 70s, we would go down at Christmas time. We'd have like a three-week vacation. And of course, that wasn't all around Disney. But at the time, you know, Disney was small. Before even Epcot, it was more of a, just a one-day or a two-day type of a trip sure. back then. I was going to ask, Andy, if you remember where you stayed on that first trip in the early 70s. <sighs> the very first trip, uh, we didn't stay at any, uh, you know, we were just staying at my aunt and uncle's place. Who they, they lived in near Tampa. So mm-hmm. it was kind of a trip from there, but you know, that was the only trip. I think we, we kind of uh, stayed at a relative's house and drove in. There was one particular time in the mid seventies, I think it was 77. We stayed at the contemporary. So that was my first taste of a deluxe resort, which was awesome. Yeah. So uh, since you first went, obviously it was a very long time ago and there've been many changes to the park. But what do you think is like the biggest change you've seen in the parks? And is there anything you miss that they either removed or took away that you wish was still in the parks? Well, as far as, you know, what I think I miss, some of the classic uh, dark rides in Fantasyland, you know, like Mr. Toad's Wild Ride, Snow White Scary Adventures. Now, we did end up going to Disneyland a couple years ago, and, and, and those rides are still there. So we were really excited to ride those, you know, again, to bring back old memories from years ago. And as far as uh, what's different, you know, it was still a busy place, especially when it was just exclusively the Magic Kingdom always been busy but i think i think popularity of disney has just grown and grown over the years and it's just that they need to be they start disney gets better and better at controlling traffic (laughs) and and crowd flow and so they keep coming up with creative ways to kind of divert people around different ways so it's it's definitely more uh little bit more crowded you know if I think now it just seems like it's more crowded now than it used to be back in the 70s and sure. early 80s even though it was still crowded yeah. but it, it was always you know fun and magical something you mentioned in terms of Disney's attempts to you know control crowd size and like you said maneuver the traffic of a lot of incoming people what do you now think of their efforts to decrease crowd size and better manage crowd size by building the gondolas do you think they're going to be successful at allocating crowd sizes and making the parks a little bit less crowded and more balanced? Yeah, I think so. I think anytime you come up or Disney comes up with a different way to, you know, increase on their transportation system, it's really helping move people around. It's going to be less people at buses and monorails and different things like that. And so I think that's a a good addition to the parks, the gondolas. You know, it's interesting. I don't know if you guys saw this, but the other day Disney had a media event where they unveiled some of their souvenirs coming out for the upcoming summer season and there were two things on there that i really wanted one of them was a mug in the shape of the skyliner vehicle which i thought looked really awesome and if you're an annual pass holder they have a star wars exclusive which i have to say i definitely want and then the other one is it's not a toy it's kind of more like a display piece it's the skyliner vehicle and it attaches to this very small uh, i don't even know what you'd call it not device but stand but it's a stand and you can actually open the doors on there and see inside they have mini benches. So oh, that's, that's cool. I have to get both of those. 
Leave but it to anyhow, Disney to build a, a new mode of transportation and then also market it to get money <laughs> off of it. Every Skyliner vehicle has its own gift shop. <laughs> <laughs> you know we would you know we would shop there too. Yeah, but, that's uh, true. Anyhow, Andy, I wanted to ask you a couple questions about going to Disney World during Christmas. And my first question is, what was it like traveling to the parks for Christmas in the 70s and 80s? And how has the holiday experience changed since then? The drive down was exhausting. <laughs> anyway, yeah. it's been years and years and years, decades since I've ever gone to, you know, Florida by vehicle. You know, a quick airplane flight from Detroit, you know, two hours later, we're in the park um, or, you know, we're getting close to but I think the holiday experience has gotten better because um, you know I've been there plenty of times in the as a kid in the 70s early 80s and there was a there was a lot of de- Christmas decorations but I think a couple years back when we went with, um, with my wife and two boys we, we specifically went around Christmas time we went to uh, you remember the the Osborne uh, lights over in yeah uh, Hollywood Studios, which I wish would they would do something again with, but that was just you know amazing, and I think they go above and beyond more so now with Christmas celebrations and, and decorations than they ever did back in the '70s. So I think it's it's much better now than it ever was before. And Scott, I know you've gone for Halloween a couple of years now, and yes. Disney during the holidays, it's it's all almost a different experience than going normally, just because of all the new things they bring to the parks. Yeah, I mean, it's great because what we all try to do is wrap ourselves up in the holiday spirit, whether it's the uh, the winter holidays or Halloween. And Disney just does a great job with the theming at the Magic Kingdom for the Halloween party. I've not been to the uh, Christmas party, but I hear it's just phenomenal. And Andy, uh, yeah. I'm glad to hear that. And it's, um, I mean, at Halloween, you just go in and from the minute you step foot in the park, the lights are different, the music is different, and it, the whole park takes on its own feel so it's kind of like a tradition now for me i think okay it's halloween season well i know i'm going to be at mickey's not so scary party and universal's halloween horror nights at least uh one time during the season so it's awesome stuff yeah so we did go do the uh the, the special event christmas party a couple years back and you know at first you're like oh you know an extra hundred dollars or whatever it was a person <laughs> I, I don't remember the cost yeah. it was you know kind of <laughs> sticker shock but you know we did it and, and glad we did. We had a lot of good memories. Like mm-hmm. you said, the lights are different. The music's different. Everything's different. And and it was great. You know, they, there's snow. They, they got that fake snow blowing all over the place. And it's just <laughs> yeah. real ma- a magical feel to the whole thing. So, Andy, I want to go uh, a little bit back to 1982. You had mentioned that you were in uh, the parks, actually at Epcot, the day it opened. What was that like? I can only imagine. Now it's such a landmark at uh, Disney World, one of the key four parks, Epcot, being there opening day, what was that experience like? Well, I I actually wasn't there opening day, but but just like three three or four months after it opened. I think it was Okay. It was it was it was in a couple months after it did open. And so it was still a brand new, you know, experience and you know you know, if you if you look back the you see the classical um, futuristic, you know, look of you know, the way they wanted to portray the future back in the 80s, yeah. you know, late 70s, 80s, it, you know, it, it's just, it just screams 80s or early 80s when you, when you look at some of the pictures yeah. and videos from back then. And that's the way it was too. It was, but it was great. You know, it was a totally different park. You know, we were used to the Magic Kingdom and now, now that Epcot's there, now it, instead of just a, a one day 
vacation or one and a half day vacation, it turns into two or three day vacation. The parks start growing, obviously, then, you know, we don't go for anything, anything less than a full week mm-hmm. <laughs> anymore. Right. Scott, if I'm correct, uh, Spaceship Earth is going to be closing at the end of this year? I think it's the end of this year. It's going to be going through a refurbishment. I don't know how long it's going to be closed. For whatever reason, two years is ringing a bell, which I know is a very long time, but I kind of remember seeing that in the news. And we don't know what the changes are going to be. I'm assuming there'll be some technology improvements because the ride, even though we love it because we love the auto animatronics, it is a bit dated perhaps compared to some of the newer stuff that they're doing. So my guess is we'll see some changes on that front as well as possibly a new narration because they always kind of update who the narrators are. Uh, So we'll see what happens. But that is a long closure. That's uh, much longer than you get for other attractions. Although if you look at how long it's taken them to build the Mickey's uh, railway ride in place of the great movie ride and just how long that's taken. And it's going to not open, I think, until next year now. It's not surprising, I guess, looking at it that way, that Spaceship Earth would be closed for two years. Well, like we were talking about on our last episode in terms of how Disney likes to space out their openings in order to draw crowd sizes in, they might be Mm -hmm. waiting till both Star Wars Galaxy Edge is open and uh, the new uh, ride, like you mentioned, that's filling the great movie ride is open. So then they can right. pull people then back to Animal Kingdom or then back to Epcot with uh, the uh, the ride in the globe. And it's going to be interesting to see because that's one of those rides. It's like people who go to Disney love that ride. It's like a classic. And so it's going to be interesting to see how they change it and how people are going to react to that. I, I have a feeling it's going to be mostly positive changes, but it's certainly going to be interesting to see. Although they got rid of my Leave a Legacy tile. I had oh. one of those. And those are <laughs> That was the first thing they did under the under the construction. They took a uh, a sledgehammer and smashed my tile. <laughs> Must have been on purpose. Do you pay money? Did you, you pay money for that? <laughs> no, I what I remember, I went there during a spring break trip back in uh, the early 2000s, and I, I guess it was included as part of my hotel package because you had a choice between that and something else. And the people I was with just didn't want to get anything, so I was like, okay, I kind of think the idea is cool of me having my picture on a, on a tile that's going to be in the park. So I figured I'll do that. And I have to say, every time I've been back since, I always go check it out. I know right where it is. But now it's it's no longer, at least inside the park, it's going to be that's outside the park. Yeah, it's probably going to be near a restroom or something. You guys mentioned uh, the difference between space, you know, Epcot back in the early 80s and, and yeah. now. The one thing I do remember is the first time we went to Epcot a couple months after it opened, the long, long wait to ride um, – Spaceship Earth. That was. I think we wait. We were there waiting for over two hours. Wow. Just to get on the ride, and and my biggest memory of it is my my dad had enough. He said, "I'm going back to the hotel." <laughs> After about two hours, we waited it out another another 15 minutes. We were on the ride. Yeah, it was cool to see this past time I was there. It in advance of the fact that they're closing it, the lines were actually long again for that ride. Like people were waiting. Uh, like you said, more than 15 minutes, waiting like half an hour to an hour to get on to ride because people wanted to go on it before they changed it. So that was kind of cool to see. But it's always interesting to see how the lines change. You know, some rides, for example, Star Tours. I remember when I was really young, Star Tours wait times used to be like very long. Like you'd have to get a fast pass for it. And nowadays you can walk right onto it. So, and that's obviously because of the fact it's a little bit of an older ride and also the anticipation for the new Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. So it's interesting to see how certain rides, you know, come in and out of style. But it, it, certainly with the refurbishment that they're, they're planning on, that'll definitely bring some more um, interest back to that ride. But, mm-hmm. Andy, I did want to talk a little bit, um, in your experiences going to the parks, 
what is the difference for you in terms of planning when you are going either just by yourself or with your wife versus when you're going with, say, kids or uh, older parents? How do you change your approach to planning for your trips? Well, in um, the first time I went with my wife was in 1999. Um, you know, we, before we started a family, we were just like, you know, before we have kids, let's let's go do some vacations. And yeah. so we decided, you know, let's go to Disney. We love Disney. And she, she was there first the first and only time before that she was there in 91 with her family. She loved it. So we went back and of course we kind of stayed outside the park in Kissimmee, a small little dumpy hotel. <laughs> uh, rent, we rented a car. We didn't care cause we we're going to spend all of our time at the parks, but you know, sure. that was, that was the last time actually that we stayed outside of the parks when we went to Disney. But, you know, so when you have kids, obviously the whole focus of the vacation is around the kids and doing things that they want to do. But the cool thing about Disney, as you know, Walt Disney built the whole park, you know, in the rides and things. So families could enjoy it together. So that's what we really sure. like is, you know, we can go with, you know, like we've taken my parents, we've gone on bigger trips and the whole group, you know, whether you're older or a small child, we can all ride like a ride together for the most sure. part. There's a lot of rides like that where we can all ride together. So that's what's great about the way Disney is structured. So, so Andy, moving on a little bit, I want to talk to, we've been talking a lot about your travels to Disney World. I want to talk a little bit about your travels to Disneyland. So what do you think are the biggest differences, first of all, between Disney World and Disneyland? Yeah, so we've, now we've been to Disneyland twice the first time that we've ever gone to disneyland was summer of 2016 never even thought or considered that i even cared to go to disneyland you know it's like you know i've seen i've seen the pictures i see the small castle you know it's like it's not going to be impressive but you know they had the uh the big uh 60th uh anniversary you know three years ago and, and they were pushing you know, coming to Disneyland and my wife kept talking about it. And so finally, you know, she convinced me, so oh, let's go ahead and, and do that. We flew out there, went all out. We stayed at the Disneyland hotel and right from the beginning, it was just like, I was so excited, you know, walking into the, into the park Disneyland, you know, a place that I've never been before, but I have been before, you know, it's like, sure. there's so many similarities to what I grew up in. You start walking down main street and you're like looking for it. Where is it? I can't, you know, yeah. and when you walk into uh, the magic kingdom, you know, Disney world, that's the first thing you see. It's just, you know, Cinderella castle is so big. So that's the biggest difference. And as everything was seemed to be main street to me. I, I don't know if it's true or not, but the main street, the buildings themselves seem to be just a little bit shorter or smaller. Okay. You know, I know they're like built to scale or whatever to yeah. the rides. There's a lot of rides at, at, at Disney where we were comparing. There's a lot of rides at Disneyland that we considered a lot better than Disney world. Okay. And so we were just thrilled to make the comparison. You know, you ride on small, small world, you ride on Pirates of the Caribbean, uh, Haunted Mansion. It's, it's really cool to make a comparison between the two parks. Mm-hmm. And, and there was definitely some, some rides that we thought were better at Disneyland, believe it or not. Which ones? The one we thought that definitely stood out for sure better is Pirates of the Caribbean. Mm-hmm. It was just, um, it was longer. There's just more visually there's more there's more parts to it than actually it's and then when you go back you know we went to disneyland and then uh, a year later went back to disney world and of course now we're comparing what we just saw at disneyland it's like yeah definitely (laughs) we were right you know this is a lot shorter they're missing this scene they're missing that scene yeah um 
small world is much better. Haunted Mansion, there's some differences, but I like I think they're both equal. Mm-hmm. I think I li- I like the the outside, the facade of Disney World's, you know, Haunted Mansion much better than what it is in Disneyland, even right. though it's unique in Disneyland. And there's some other things too, obviously like I said the the dark rides that used to be at Disney World are still at Disneyland and and so then, then that makes that whole aspect of Fantasyland at Disneyland much better, I feel. So uh, one of the things I've heard from people that have been to Disneyland, because I haven't been there since 1987, so I'm due for a trip. But one of the things I, I've heard is that people say when they're in Disneyland, knowing that that's the park that Walt himself actually set foot in, you feel it in a different way. And as a Disney fan, did you... Did you feel that? Did you notice that? Were you thinking about that on your trip? This last time we went just like two months ago to Disneyland and it, it seemed to lose a lot of the magic. But the first time we went, we felt that we, we felt, you know, it was just like really like, especially, you know, um, just kind of off the vibes of my wife. She was just so excited. You know, this is the park Disney himself. You know, she was taking so many pictures of, you know, his apartment above the fire station and, you know, this is the first time that we went there. And so it was really a piece of extra magic. But the last time, a couple of years ago, when we were at, at uh, Disney World in, in 2017, we did take a, a tour, kind of a behind the scenes tour. And we got a lot of um, a lot of that feeling on that tour because our tour guide actually was a lady that's been around for many, many years. And actually as a come to find out as a, you know, by the end of the tour, she had so much knowledge, but by the end of the tour, she let us know that she knew Walt Disney as a small child. Her father was an Imagineer oh, wow. and Walt Disney knew her personally and called her by name. Hmm. And so the, all the stories that she was telling really came to life, you know? Sure. And so, you know, it was, it was really neat to take that tour. And we also done the behind the scenes tour um, called Walk and Walt's Footsteps. We did that right. a couple months ago where you end up, the tour is in the apartment. Um, and so we've got pictures of, of our family, you know, in the same apartment where there's pictures of Walt, you know, so the furniture still oh, set up really the cool. same. And, and so that was really, really neat. And one thing I've read, I think, Scott, correct me if I'm wrong on this, but they always keep the light on in that window over the firehouse to show right. like Walt Disney's always got a present there. That's and my understanding. Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah they do. Yeah, it's definitely something to to know that obviously he had plans for Walt Disney World Florida, but to know that when you're in Disneyland, that it's something that he created and got the chance to walk through and be present at, that's something pretty unique to the, that park. And so I went to Disneyland uh, about two summers ago, and I wish I remembered more than I did, but what I do remember is you, you definitely felt a little bit different there just knowing that Walt Disney had such a presence there. And one thing I'll definitely agree on is Pirates is definitely far better at Disneyland than uh, Disney World. Like you said, even the I remember even the queue just was like way more extensive, and it seemed like a, just much larger space and way better theming. But um, it's certainly two different experiences. Uh, that being said, I want to move on uh, a little bit to your Instagram account. So obviously your account Days Gone Disney. I want to see when you decided to start the account and what really was the inspiration that got you to do that. I actually started the account when we were at Disney's uh, Alani in Hawaii. <laughs> we were. We went there a couple of years ago. It was our 20th wedding anniversary, and I get up a little bit earlier than my wife, and so I'm sitting out on the balcony. It's such a beautiful setting, looking at the ocean, and you know, I just thought, you know, I just love anything Disney, and I, so yeah, I thought I should start my own Disney 
um, Instagram account and, and just post, basically post things that I like to see, you know, classic mm-hmm. Disney, classic Disney parks and anything Disney related, you know, Disney food. Um, my wife and I are, are, are pretty big Disney foodies. You know, we just, we always get the Disney dining plan at the you know, Walt Disney World. So, you know, I just started deciding I'm going to start posting that. And by the time that week was done, you know, I'm just I do a little bit of posting sitting on the balcony in the morning before we started doing our stuff in, in Alani. And before the week was over, I had a hundred followers and it just kind of, you know, it blew up from there and just, you know, something, you know, and the, and the main idea really when I started the account is something that I could create and then hand over to my wife because more so than me, she's more of the, the Disney obsessed, you know, wife and mother. And, you know, she just loves everything Disney. So I thought it'd be really fun to create something you know, get it going, get it successful and, and, and then have her. And now she she is every once in a while, uh, she is posting on there too. So she does, you know, she does post as well. So for our listeners, I have the account open on my iPhone here and I just wanted to give our listeners a little taste of what you would find on there. And I think this kind of sums it up really well. Uh, Andy, you have a lot of funny memes on there which I like. Yeah. So the one I'm looking at now is a photo of a uh, dog and it says actual photo of me leaving Disney on the magical express. And the dog is looking very sad and rain <laughs> is falling on the window. So we all can relate to that. And then the picture right after that is a classic photo of Walt Disney, his daughter, Diane and his grandson, Christopher riding the Autopia, which is just a beautiful photo. And then you have a picture of, the Skyway and Old Fantasyland, which all of us that have been to Walt Disney World over the years remember. So they're, one of the things I love about your Instagram account is the variety of content on there. It's a lot of fun to look at. It's, it's remarkable. Yeah. I wanted to ask you, um, what is the Disney community like on social media? Because you know we've heard the phrase Disney Twitter, Diz Twitter, the Instagram community on Disney is like. What's your experiences with that been? Everybody is extremely friendly. You know, that's my experience. You know, when you go just like when you go to a Disney park, um, whether it's Disneyland, Disney world, there's a, there's a different clientele, I, I believe. And I don't know if it's because it, it costs a lot of money to go or what, you know, I, we live not too far from Cedar point here in Ohio. And that's a, supposedly one of the greatest, um, amusement parks, uh, theme, you know, I wouldn't consider it a theme park, but as far as thrill rides and roller coasters, and there's a totally different atmosphere at, at, you know, at a, at a park like that compared to Disney. And the same thing I think goes with the Disney community on, you know, on Instagram. I think everybody is more happy and friendly. Um, and so sure. you get a lot of nice, a lot of nice, you know, comments and messages, you know, people enjoying what we're posting. How have you managed to grow the account so well? Because you have over 40,000 followers, well, consistency um, in post, and, and I think I over the last, especially over the last year, I've, I've been doing it for two years now. This account, and it, like I said, it's, it's something I'll just kind of. It's not like I f- focus on it, but it's like, especially in the evenings and sitting around, we're watching. You know, my son's watching NBA playoffs or whatever. It's like, yeah, let's go ahead and post something. You know, and so um, it, it's something where I have an eye anymore. I seem to have an eye for what what people like or, or what's going to go viral. You know, there's a lot of things that if I see something somewhere, I, I immediately think, well, I think, I think my followers would really love this. It's, it's mm-hmm. something that has the potential to go viral. And for instance, I posted a, I, I found a, a video 
of of Goofy the other a few days ago dancing at the Contemporary. You know, you could oh, yeah. see it was just overly excited, and I thought this is going to go viral on Instagram. There's no doubt about it. I posted it, and I think I had over. Well, it's crazy. It's, it, I mean, it, I'm looking at <laughs> now; it's got close to eighty-six thousand views on that post, which is wow. absurd. So you were and right. it actually went, believe it or not, it actually went crazier on Facebook. I do have, a, we do have a Facebook Days Gone Disney as well. And I think it, it went crazier even there. You know, we, it, it grew my Facebook uh, Days Gone Disney over 2000 followers in just a few days. Just that, just from that post. So, wow. And yeah, it's good stuff, by the way. That was a real good discussion. I really enjoyed that. That was, uh, your, your account's amazing, by the way. Seriously, the Instagram account is great. Yeah, we have fun. Now, before we get into the Stuff We Love segment, we are going to do the traditional Stuff They Love segment that we do for all of our guests. Our listeners know about much of the stuff that us, the hosts, love, but we want to know a little bit more about what Andy loves. With that being said, Andy, are you ready to tell us about some of the stuff that you love? Sure, go ahead. I'll I'll, I'll let you know. <laughs> First off, what's your favorite movie? Well... I, I believe Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory is one of my all-time favorites. Um, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's another kind of a fantasy, you know, thing where it's just kind of far out there and fun and a little bit of comedy. Um, the classic one, I, I'm not too fond of the, the more recent one with Johnny Depp, but right. one from back in the 70s. Another one that I could say beso- besides that one always being a favorite is um, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. That is something... Oh, Probably something, a movie I've probably watched more than any other movie because we watch it two or three times every single Christmas. So I'd have to maybe even rate that one Christmas vacation over over Willy Wonka. That's an absolutely great pick. I think Scott knows my family watches this movie the same thing, two to three times every Christmas. We love this movie. I think it's one Great of the funniest movie. movies I've ever seen. I got, one more, I got one more thing to say about that. You know this segment where... Uh, Chevy Chase is in the stuck in the attic and he's watching those sure. old eight eight millimeter home, home videos, movies. Yeah. That kind of reminds me of some of the 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 initial trips we took to Disney. You know, my my dad had a, an old eight he had an old eight millimeter uh, camera video camera, and so you know that's that's what some of our our old uh, video clips and of our vacations of oh, Disney. That's awesome. And I, there's one time I did post about a year ago a clip, some clips of that on my Instagram too. I'll have to repost that again. And those movie choices are great. Uh, I love those. I love both of those movies. And for me, Willy Wonka is easily in my top probably five of all time. I've watched that movie so many times, and I loved it as a kid, and I love it now as an adult. It just never gets old. So, uh, Andy, next question: Your favorite band? Recently, I would have to say the Newsboys. Um, we're big fans of Christian music. Um, and I did mention Cedar Point here a little bit ago. Um, they do every year. They do have a big, uh, every year have a Christian music festival, and we go there every year. Um, we also go and see and Toby Max, another one we, I really like. So my, my kids go into a, a private Christian school, and you know, that's kind of the, the music that, that we listen to, and, and those are my favorites. And sure. it's kind of fun, too, you know, when you go to a band stay afterwards and get autographs and and stuff like that so we like to do that kind of stuff cool i wasn't as familiar with uh newsboys but i do know toby mac and i absolutely love his music he's got a really cool he's older and yet his music sounds very young so it's really cool to listen to so i love listening toby mac yeah he actually was at epcot a couple weeks ago doing uh whatever yeah there was someone we follow on youtube that 
had it had it going live live stream of of Toby Mac at Epcot. So that was kind of neat to watch. Oh, that's really cool. So Andy, moving on, what's your favorite resort to stay at when you're at the parks? Well, every time we go, we st- we try to stay at a different place. Um, so it's not like we, you know, we got to go back to this place because it's our favorite. Sure. So <laughs> there's just so many of them. But yeah, last well. time, the last one that I think that we really enjoyed was Animal Kingdom Lodge. The theming inside was amazing. You know, being able to look out your window and see a giraffe at your back, you know, yeah. right outside your window and in the animals. It was really cool. The the restaurant, the the music, the African music playing throughout the lodge. Recently that that's been, you know, I I would consider that my favorite, even though I want to go back to the contemporary again since mm-hmm. I haven't stayed there since seventy seven. But you know, Animal yeah. Kingdom's gonna be my, my choice for that yeah I, I love that hotel i've stayed there twice recently and uh one of my favorite things to do there is go to the breakfast buffet at boma <laughs> it actually yeah. for me is my favorite breakfast buffet in the entire world i've been there now for breakfast probably three or four times each time i go i feel like i'm trying something new kind of pushing my uh i have the traditional stuff the eggs and the bacon and all that good stuff but i also kind of push my boundaries a little bit and try some stuff that i wouldn't try anywhere else and I love that restaurant. I love that hotel. So great choice, Andy, for a favorite resort. What about your favorite park? Magic Kingdom. It's got to be the Magic Kingdom. Um, you know, the original, the first one I went to it at three years of age. Every every time we're doing our schedule as far as whether we're, you know, what days we're going to Epcot, you know, Hollywood Studios, Anim- Animal Kingdom, you know, we definitely seem to spend the most time at Magic Kingdom. And my, I think the same for my wife and my boys. It's It's going to be... The, the Magic Kingdom is the one we're, we're the most excited for. Your favorite ride is also at your favorite park? Yeah, Pirates of the Caribbean. Off the top of my head, I don't know the year that that came. I think that was built actually at in, in 77 in Disney World. Once that came came along, you know, that's always been hands down my, my favorite ride. That and followed by Haunted Mansion, you know, just yeah. a, a classic ride that I love. And Andy, uh, to conclude this part of the show, you mentioned earlier that you're a Disney foodie. What is your favorite restaurant at Disney World? Well, last time we went to uh, Walt Disney World, we uh, we had a reservation for Ohana in the, their their food that they they keep bringing to you. I wouldn't I don't know if you consider that a buffet the one we went to, but they keep coming to your table and it's almost like family style and it's just like nonstop meat skewers and steaks <laughs> and you know it's just like the food was incredible and there's so many good restaurants that at Disney, but after, you know, after eating there, I thought, you know, this has got to be one of my top, top restaurants at the park or, you know, at a resort. I'm going there for the first time later this year for breakfast, and I'm very excited to try. So now we'll transition into the Stuff We Love segment, which will give us a chance to talk about people, places, or things that are really drawing our attention for all the right reasons. Without further ado, let's start talking about some of the stuff that we love. Let's talk about some stuff we love. So Andy, since you're our guest, why don't you begin? Stuff I love. I do love. Uh, I do love uh, my family. <laughs> I do love taking vacations. You know, that, that's out of anything we we've done. You know, my kids don't remember any any Christmas presents or birthday gifts we've given them over the years. But guess what? They do remember every every vacation we've gone to, whether sure. it's to Tennessee or Myrtle Beach or or all of our Disney trips. You know, that, that's why I do. I do love going on vacation with my family. So my answer is a little bit more materialistic than that. That one, my, the thing that I love this week, are uh, all birds. So Andy, all that birds. answer, by the way, that's that's going to make Jack and I look very shallow when we <laughs> uh, think of our things. But, so that was a great answer. I love that. 
Um, so the thing I like this week is Allbirds. So Allbirds are a company. They make these wool sneakers. They also make these wool slippers. And so they have a couple different styles. One's a more wool running shoe. One's more of a wool sneaker that you can use in the winter. And then they also have two slip-on options. And so I've been using the sneakers and also slip-on options for probably close to two years now. And I know Scott has as well. And I just realized while we were writing the script for this episode that we had never actually talked about them on the show. At least I hadn't. And so I wanted to include them. Their shoes, um, they're a little bit expensive. I mean, in comparison to some you know, really expensive sneakers out there, they're probably in that range, but they're extremely nice. Often when I go to the parks, I use the slippers, and I can use them even without socks when it's a hot day, and they're extremely breathable. In the winter, it's great because it keeps your feet warm, and in the summer, it's great because they're really air-friendly uh, and breathable. Definitely check out the shoes, and we'll put the link to that in the show notes as well. Scott? Jack, I love Allbirds. I bought them because of your recommendation, and I now have three pairs, and I wear them all the time, so love those shoes. Uh, for my stuff we love this week, I just want to talk about it's a app and it's a website. It's on the web, BeatlesRadio.com. And if you're on your iPhone, for example, you go to the App Store, you type in Beatle Radio. And what it is, it's a 24-hour streaming service playing all Beatles music, not just the band, but also solo career stuff as well, interspersed with news updates. And what's great about this is that the sound quality is really good and it's free. So whereas the Beatles channel on Sirius XM, which is the official channel of the Beatles, you have to pay for a subscription. And I do love that channel. It's really great. What's awesome about this is that you just download the app, you hit play. And like I said, the quality is really good and it's all available for free to the listeners. So that's BeatlesRadio.com. I highly recommend that. So Andy, thank you again for joining us on this episode of the Stuff We Love podcast. We really appreciate your being here. Actually, you know, why, why don't I turn it over to you, Andy? If you could just tell our listeners where they could find you on social media. We were talking about it a little bit earlier, but why don't you uh, give the audience a little more background on that? Well, like we mentioned, Days Gone Disney. Do a search for Days Gone Disney on Instagram or Days Gone Disney on Facebook. And definitely all of our listeners should follow Andy on those various platforms where we are big fans of his, of his work. You can find the podcast here on Twitter at Stuff We Love Pod, Instagram Stuff We Love Podcast. Our website is www.stuffwelovepodcast.com. There you could learn about the hosts, find links to previous episodes, and find links to products that the hosts recommend. We are also an affiliate of Amazon.com, so if you click on one of our Amazon links and order any product, it benefits the show. You can write to us, stuffwelovepodcast at gmail.com. Please continue to leave us those good five-star reviews on iTunes. It makes it easier for others to find the podcast. And if you haven't done so already, please subscribe to the Stuff We Love podcast on all podcast platforms. So we're going to go around the table one last time. I am Scott. I'm Jack. I'm Andy. And this has been the Stuff We Love podcast.